really, really, really like that jingle. I know you do. I've listened to that so many times. Your brother wrote it. Yeah. He's a champion. Yeah, no. Uh, he, what a guy. I was his music teacher. Oh, really? When he was younger, so. That's mm. surprising because mm. I've never heard you play an instrument. No, but. Um, I think that would be natural. awkward. Mm. Really? Okay. Well, maybe um, when we do the new jingle, you can you can write it. Yeah. Welcome to episode two of the Love Your City podcast. Um, we work in partnership with Movement Day. Um, if you want to hear more about Movement Day or read more about Movement Day, jump on the website. All the W's, movementday.com.au. Jump on Facebook, search for Movement Day Australia or any of the other Movement Days around the world mm. and, uh, and you will find them. By the time people listen to this podcast... You would have been to Africa. I should have said that in our first episode because I think by the time this goes to air, you would have been and gone. Yeah. Um, but Movement Day Africa, 1,500 leaders from across that continent yeah. are coming together to think about how they can love their city more. It's amazing stuff. It is amazing. Mm. Um, it's a real move in, I guess, church conferences because so many yeah. conferences are around how do we build our church, but this yeah. is how do we reach our city. Books as well. Tons yeah. that you go to, you go to a, books, a Christian bookstore, you get on book depository or whatever. Um, and you will find mm-hmm. book after book about how to grow your church. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you do what we did, you'll have success. I think God is starting to say something different. Look at your city. Yeah. Look at look at the condition of your city and posture your the people that you lead. Even if you've got a church of 20 people, absolutely. imagine the possibilities that of what God can do with 20. Yeah. Um, God was willing to, to save Sodom and Gomorrah for the sake of five. So, you know, it's five righteous people in that city and that city had hope. Um, how much hope does your city have with just yeah. you and a bunch of other people? There's great potential. Huge. Anyway, mm. today we want to talk about changing the scorecard. Mm. So as we've just said, growing your church. Yep. Um, I'm a pastor. You're a pastor. We, we've, we've been in that game for a while now. And uh, it's not hard to really come up with what we think is a scorecard to put against the success of our church. And I've come up with four things. Tell okay. me what you think of these, Letitia. Um, okay. I'll say, oh, you're going to tell me. I'm going to tell you. Okay. You know them already because oh. we've planned this. We don't just come and say, okay, what are we <laughs> going to talk about today? But I'm going to tell you my four and you can sure. tell me if you think they're okay and if you want to add any, okay? okay. And, then we'll, and then we'll unpack them a bit. But the first two, are, uh, as, as is commonly referred to, butts and bucks. Mm-hmm. Butts and bucks. Mm-hmm. How many people are there on Sunday? Yep. And how much money they're giving. Those yeah. two things and, and, the, and the, the bigger the better. If you've got Absolutely. 100 people instead of 50, 150 instead of 100, and that number's going up, that's a scorecard that tells you you're doing well. Yeah, right? numbers are success. Absolutely. And then how much money is given, how much we're able to do with that money to, to continue to build our church, that's that's another hmm. indicator of success. Mm-hmm. I've got two more. Okay. Uh, the next one is ministry engagement. So how many people are not only engaged in leading the ministries of the church, but how many people are then participating? So how yeah. big's our youth group? How big's our youth leadership team? Mm. Uh, how big's our children's ministry? How many small group leaders do we mm. have? That sort of thing. Mm. In fact, that's a good segue to the final one yeah. is how many people are actually in small groups. Yeah. So small groups seem to be in the late 90s and, and early 2000s, the silver bullet for spiritual growth was you bring small groups into your church and yeah. you will see incredible growth um, and for some that's been true for others not yep. so much um, but how many people who are there on Sunday are engaged in small groups and we usually score that as a percentage and the higher the percentage that the better you're doing hmm. so they're my four yeah I think there's there could be more could be a lot more and mm. depending on what denomination you belong to and what mm. flavor of church but I think they're common across all yeah um, sectors of church. So, so you're happy with those four? Let's talk about them. All right, them. let's talk about those four. Yeah. So if we if we are going to, as we say, uh, as, and as we said in our first episode and what this podcast is all about, if mm. we are to love our city and, mm. and, to, and to help people to love their cities, how do we start to shift that scorecard away from 
growing the church to seeing our cities transformed? What, what and, and I think what, I, what I'd like to do is go through those four again and think about how we can shift them subtly to yeah. ask the question, you know, how do, how do we measure in terms of growing a healthy city? But also think about what are some other scorecards? What are some other things on that scorecard mm. that we can start to think about mm. um, to measure how effective we're being in transforming our cities? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, Good. absolutely. Excellent. So attendance, you know, mm. how many people are in our church? How do, we, how do we look at that with fresh eyes towards loving our cities? What does that look like? Well, yeah, this could be controversial, um, mm. but I'd like to tell people there's 150,000 people in my church. Um, yeah, because wow. it's, okay. It's we're getting the theologically controversial now, aren't I we? I know, but to <laughs> me, the population of it, if we're here to pastor a city mm. and we're to reach people before they even become Christians, you mm. can start discipleship um, and planting seeds and all of that before they um, come in contact with Christ. Mm. So I guess I would then say that if the city is um, our parish, it's our mm. church. So Toowoomba mm. has 150,000. Yep. But that's not Toowoomba City Church. That's the Church of Toowoomba. Yeah, um, yeah. Toowoomba City Church is the name of your church, by the way, That's just so it. people can pick that up. Yes. Yep. I'd, I'd like to think, um, you know, we could get into a theological conversation <laughs> there about the definition of the church, but we'll leave that one alone. Um, I'd like to think of, rather than people attending on Sunday, how attentive are they to the needs of the people in which they rub shoulders with Monday to Saturday? Yeah. How, how attentive are they to the pain? How attentive are they to serving and to see, even seeing the people? Yeah. Um, seeing the people in their workplace, seeing the people in their sporting clubs, seeing the people on their street, and and how how much is when they're there on Sunday, how much of the time we're spending, and how much are we investing in helping them to be equipped, mm-hmm. helping them to be encouraged, to then be in that place where they're yeah. attentive yeah. to the needs of the people in the city, yeah. um, and how we measure that. Um, I think there's some ideas of, of actually having them identify that, yeah. uh, being able to identify uh, what those what their place is, mm-hmm. um, and also being able giving them freedom and opportunity to tell stories mm. of what God's doing yeah. in those places. I yeah. think Sundays are about the preacher wanting to get their message across, which is great. Uh, mm. It's about singing songs, but where's the opportunity for story and testimony of what God's doing in everyday Absolutely. life, Monday to Saturday? Yeah. Um, and and so we can see that in even in those ordinary moments, there's a chance to be loving your city to seeing the kingdom come. Yeah. Mm. So attendance to attentiveness. <laughs> okay. You like that? I love it. Wow. Yeah, Good. I'll remember that. <laughs> I think for myself too, another shift in the thinking because a lot of it's got to be a change in thinking because mm. we've just been drummed into oh, us yeah. numbers, and of course, even in in world terms, I mean. Uh, a football match is more successful if there's a bigger crowd uh, usually. So everything is counted by numbers. Mm. But for me, a big change has been the fact that Toowoomba is my responsibility. It's our responsibility. And you don't change what you're not responsible for. Um, And so, you know, our our church Sundays, our church congregations should just be a celebration of Mm. what we've been a part of, just what you were just saying, attending to um, the places where God has put us in. But really taking responsibility. Mm. Um, I I don't know if we'll be held accountable to God for what we did in our city, but, you know, you're the theologian here. (laughs) (laughs) So are you. Um, Or what he'll say when we stand before him, but I think we Mm. will be. um, I think we will be too. Absolutely. So it's our responsibility, not yep. our governments, um, yeah. not the police force, the That's church. Good. That's good. I just need to get in there. Um, Aussie Rules has much bigger crowds than rugby league. <laughs> um, and so by what you just said, using your own words back at you, Aussie Rules is a much more successful sport. Well, anyway, um, let's move you on. look at the Broncos <laughs> and Lions games in Brisbane, um, in Queensland, 
<laughs> Moving on. Um, I'll just, just yeah, claim right, rightness uh. there. Um, yeah, look, I, I think just one more thing on that. We've got three others to work through here, but uh, every, every single human being on the face of the planet throughout all human existence has had 168 hours in a week yeah. to do what they will with. For most people, 48 hours, let's say, just to keep the numbers really even, uh, spend 48 hours sleeping. That, that sounds like a good week to me mm, if you get just yeah. over seven hours a night. Right. Um, but So that leaves 120, 120 hours in the week. Um, at best, I think, at best, a, a human, a Christian, a follower of Jesus will spend 10 hours at best. Mm. Um, the average would be less than that, but at best 10 hours engaging with, with a church. Mm. Um, in, in whatever way you, you know you and I we've, we've said we're pastors and we work in, in the church space so we spend a lot more time mm. than that um, but for the average follower of Jesus there's there's 10 hours a week mm. that leaves 110 hours in a week that they're engaging in work or pleasure or eating at a restaurant or whatever else yeah. the challenge is not to recruit people to give some of their 10 hours some mm. of their leisure time uh, towards the church building up its vision and building up the church, but asking the question, how can we use that 10 hours to equip and encourage people for the other 110? Because that, that's where the kingdom's going to come. That's where the loving your yeah, city bit yeah. is, is most profound. And so how do we do that? Yeah. I think that's, that's huge. And so, um, and attendance is caught up in that, um, you know, a lot mm. of that 10 hours. And, and for most Christians, I think it's only mm. uh, attendance mm. on Sunday. Mm. So how do we use that time to see yeah. them released and sent into the city. Okay, let's move on mm-hmm. because we're um we're getting time's getting away. Money, money, yeah. money, money. You know the scorecard says the more money you have, the more you're able to do. Um, the bigger budget means the bigger building, mm. better resources, better facilities, all that sort of thing. What's the new lens to put on the new score for money when we're looking at a posture towards loving our city? Well, I think if um, the, the scorecard is not how many people attend or how well our congregation is mm. doing, but the health of our city, if mm. that's the new scorecard, then we then want to be releasing our finances into um, yeah. the city, not just putting new carpet in our church or mm. um, using it to get a, even another pastor on, mm. but how do we put money behind um, what is going on out there in the city? So, mm. yeah, I think when you can change the scorecard, you're happily to um, release that finances. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always troubled when I read the New Testament and I think mm. most often when Paul talks about money, he's talking about taking a collection to give to the poor yeah, or to give it. towards fledgling churches or, or poor churches. Yeah. And I, that, that troubles me as a pastor. We, You know, mm. our budget's about half a million a year. Mm. And, and, wow. and I think, man, that a lot of that goes towards building the church. Yeah. Um, we, had, we had a, a forum recently where we got a bunch of people to talk about some of the pain of our city. And we did it in our, in our my church building, our, our church building, and I and I just couldn't help but think, you know, that, that one one example, a, a lady who works in the, the domestic violence uh, area said, if we had a truck mm. that we could move, p- particularly women escaping domestic violence, that would mm-hmm. be a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. A truck with some volunteer people. Yeah. And I don't know what a truck costs these days, but it's certainly less than half a million a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking around my church building and thinking, we've invested a lot of money in here. Mm. What yeah. about a truck? Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, and that's one example among many. So I, I agree. We, you know, releasing the financial resources yeah. of the church towards blessing the city. Yeah. Imagine the possibilities. Yeah, and I know you have a passion to see more churches planted. Um, yeah, not necessarily where you build a new building and put all mm. the resources into that, but uh, where there's a body of people that um, the resources can go back into the yeah, city. Absolutely. And I think that's how we need to be looking mm. in going forward. You said it in our first episode, you used the phrase that, that um, has been a bit of a catch cry of movement day. 
new church for the new world. And I think that's starting to paint a picture. Mm. Low low costs for a church mm. to be in existence. Mm. Um, keep the costs as low as possible so that you're freeing up the financial resources of the church to give to the poor, yeah. to support other churches and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. I think the problem is we have um, abdicated our responsibility and let the government, you know, mm. um, hand out all the finances to the poor and the broken, mm. Mm. Um, which they do and we're very blessed and I mean yeah. it's crazy but the problem with that and because I do engage with um, a lot of government groups in our city funding comes and it goes yeah. Um, yeah. and so do the programs in our city yeah. and again this is why the church needs to be in this space yeah. Um, yeah. and be funding a lot of these things mm. because I think we we're consistent and then we don't have unrealistic expectations mm. that come with a lot of the funding the government hands out absolutely and and in our state and in our city, mm. uh, the government is turning to churches for this. And the opportunities are huge mm. for the church to be able to, you know, have a foot in the door here. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably not the best way of saying it. But mm-hmm. in terms of ministering to people and, mm. and serving the poor and serving the needs of a city, there's a door that's wide open for us to yeah. do that. As, but, our, but our finances are so tied up in ourselves. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting coming back to Reggie, uh, reading one of his books. He's saying there's actually a shift in people's giving because they no longer want to just give to the vision of the church because mm. people have passions on their heart. Mm. And so they do want to give um, to, you know, maybe a ministry helping prostitutes or mm. whatever. So yeah. um, helping to people to be able to release where they're where they're passionate about, I yeah, think absolutely. is really important too. That's good. Shout out to Reggie McNeil. Um, Letitia <laughs> wanted to call this podcast the I Love Reggie podcast, sure. but that wasn't going to happen. So, you're all yeah. going to go Google Reggie's books. Big yeah, plug. Reggie's great. Kingdom Come, mm. one of his finest. It's brilliant. Okay, third one, ministry engagement. So I, mm. I said before, you know, the, the engagement of leaders, the engagement mm. of participation in the, in the ministries run, usually within the four walls of the church, if mm. not um, physically, then certainly with that with that sort of framework mm-hmm. um how, what's the shift here well again it's releasing people into their areas mm. of passion yep. um and uh, i run a ministry um mm. called city women which has been about mobilizing women from different churches into the city yeah. and what i've found is as they've been released into just the areas of passion they've actually then been um, more enthusiastic and passionate back in the church, we still need people to help. I kind of call it the housework. You still need yeah, somebody yeah. to make services run and whatever, but that's not serving, you know, that's not the be all and end all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so helping people find, um, again, where are they passionate about and being big enough to release them. And it might mean that they're not running our program. Yeah. And yeah. that maybe that program doesn't need to exist anymore. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. you know, they're out there reaching seven prostitutes on a Saturday night yeah. who will never walk into our yeah, church. Absolutely. And I think that that's important because so much of the ministries that we, we run as pastors are designed to draw people in. Mm-hmm. They're designed to bring people usually to, to our building mm-hmm. to make that bridge an easy one to cross yep. so that people will come in, in, enjoy that experience and maybe at some point engage with our Sunday morning services or whatever we decide is the next step yep. for them to engage with our community. I think with this one, it, it totally is release, release, release. Mm-hmm. That, that's a really key word that we actually invest in people uh, and we invest in the things that are happening in our city that um, that make it easy for people to work walk into ministries of mercy, yeah. as in serving the poor, feeding the hungry, um, uh, you know, ministering to the prostitutes, to the lepers, and all that, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. Um, and 
and challenging people that yet you know we, we want to like i said about finances minimizing as much as possible the housework yeah. as, as yep. you've described and that's for for men and women not yep. just you know if <laughs> there are it. listeners out there who, who equate housework with that um i do 50 percent of the housework in wow. anyway wow, amazing. Um, another another podcast topic uh, minimizing <laughs> as much as possible the housework so that we can release 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 yeah. and 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 send i mean that the two speakers at movement day dave benson and, and stephen sutton both yeah physically uh physically enacted this whole idea of kicking people out yeah. of the church yeah to get them to engage to, yeah. to, to be sent out and, and to see that as a primary place of mission and ministry yeah um and and how we score that again stories um we we uh we we celebrate with people as they see god at work yeah. and all that sort of thing um, and kicking them out might mean they go and join another church's ministry that oh. is helping the refugees yeah are we big enough to allow that to happen? I mean, I hope this so. is yeah, I hope so too. But I know we're not because yeah, I know yeah. people come up against issues because mm. it's not their church and they haven't got permission. Yep. Um, yep. I was in another town recently where a woman had to get permission mm. to come to a meeting to hear me from her church wow. pastor. I mean, the fact that that exists mm. is um, not cool. We like protecting our turf, yeah. we pastors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is similar to attendance, you know, re- releasing people yeah. to, to, to really serve. Um, they're not my people. No. They, they belong to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, to see them released and to see them really sent. is, is in, And even if they end up attending another church, you know, mm-hmm. really, uh, there's one, one kingdom, mm-hmm. one king. Yep. Great. Small group engagement then. Mm. Okay. So, again, as I said, silver bullet to spiritual growth. Um, and I, it's great to get to get into a group of uh, a smaller group of people where yep. you can talk a bit more freely, you can speak a bit more honestly, confession, accountability, mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. What I find, what I found though, is small groups really center around um, the message from Sunday or, or mm-hmm. some kind of small group study mm-hmm. that is written usually by someone in a completely different part of the world. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a, a franchise thing. You bring this in and you have this discussion yeah. around a, a scripture verse and whatever else. Um, and and then um, you you pray for each other, and usually if someone's having a crisis or whatever else, they're the focus. What? It, how do we shift the scorecard? How do we how do we shift small groups towards having a posture for the city? Yeah, I th- personally think well, and from what I've seen in the Bible, um, every small group should have an outward mission. Yeah, um, it's good. Otherwise, they just become I don't know inward looking mm. whatever. Mm. Um, everyone's opinions on Sunday service. Yeah. Yep. So I lead a small group of about 15 people, all Mm. from different churches. We um, meet together every second Tuesday night, but then on the other Tuesday night, we are um, leading 60 non-Christian girls. um, And we're reaching out to them and teaching them about God. Mm. So our focus is obviously reaching girls in our city. Um, but when we're together, we're talking about our own issues, um, mm. praying for one another. We're training, so but we have a purpose. Um, yeah, that's good. Bigger than ourselves. Yeah, and um, it's really exciting. That's excellent. And I know, again, as a pastor, you long for your, your small groups to have that. It's always so difficult. I've been really um, drawn to uh, a bit of a movement of God over the last decade or so uh, of a thing called missional communities hmm. and uh, bringing together that that missional posture, that, that hmm. posture towards the city and towards um, outreach and whatever else, whatever you want to call it, but also community. And so, hmm. you know, Jesus said this thing that has kind of haunted me, that the way you love each other will show the world that you belong to me. Hmm. And I feel like so much of what we do as church is actually invisible to the world. Yeah. As much as we would say oh, the doors hiding. are wide open and everything, people aren't coming anymore. People no. aren't walking in the doors, you know. And so 
so much of what we do is invisible and and a challenge for for small groups and and as we posture ourselves towards the city is how do we be a community of faith that is visible to the city so that when they look at us they go there's something extraordinary about the way yeah. they're loving and serving one another that, yeah. that attracts me um, i think that's a massive challenge yeah um and to not have that outward focus um and just be inward looking and trying to grow and mm. um like i've seen more healing happen um in the lives of the christians yeah. in our small group as they've given out absolutely like, and yeah. again there's this other lie that we believe that we need to get our lives right before mm. we help anyone else here all the time it mm. <laughs> drives me nuts yeah um it, actually as we help other people god yeah, yeah is that work in us absolutely um, in an amazing way that's great that's great we've gone over time Letitia mm. but it's been very very good to talk about this stuff if mm. you want to hear more about things like this get on the www.movementday.com.au website yeah um, on the Facebook page especially if you if you search for Movement Day Australia there are a bunch of videos of the talks mm. that yeah. happened uh, in May and you would you would be doing yourself a favor to go and listen most of them are about the length of this podcast if not shorter um, and so just just to keep feeding yourself and to keep thinking about reposturing towards the city, um, make sure you do that. But uh, thanks, Letitia. Yes. Another good chat. Thanks. See you next time. <laughs>